And welcome to the St. Gabriel Catholic Radio Faith Dialogue with Bishop Robert J. Brennan, Bishop for the Diocese of Columbus for the twelfth week of Ordinary Time. Welcome, Your Excellency. Thank you. Glad to be talking with you. You're joining us by phone, so we hope that everything works on your end. We are so thankful that you join us each week. It's interesting that uh, when you were installed as the bishop, the first thing you said to our community that you wished that all of us bring the joy of the gospel and the splendor of truth, not only to our parishes and our families, but to the entire community. Precisely, and that's the point of what we call now missionary discipleship. And there's always been a a focus on the Eucharist. In fact, the USCCB uh, has established the strategic plan for 2021 through 2024 uh, to be created anew by the body and blood of Christ, the source of healing and hope. Precisely. You know, every five years we set priorities, and we then determine all of our activity around those priorities. This way you're not just running from hither and yon. But, you know, the, we, one of the key things looking ahead was the Eucharist. And we looking at that 2019 Pew, Pew Study report about belief in the Eucharist, uh, belief in the real presence of, of Jesus in the Eucharist, that, that's alarming that something like around 30% of Mass goers say they believe in the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. Now, I'll give you my own interpretation. I think there's a greater faith than those numbers uh, show, but we all we sometimes have trouble talking about it, mm-hmm. we, or expressing what real presence means. Um, so, either way, though, th- that's important that we focus in on what we believe and that we're able to express what we believe by uh, by our uh, reception of Holy Communion, by our encounter with Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. And, you know, if our faith in the Real Presence is shaky, that does show itself in terms of uh, Mass attendance and all of that. So these, established were, these uh, priorities were established pre-COVID, um, but now they become even more important for us, don't they, as we went through the year where we missed being together because of health and safety requirements, and as we return with a certain sense of joy and relief, um, we, we see the healing and welcoming presence of Christ in the Eucharist. So we did spend some time talking about that at this past meeting. We had our bishop's meeting last week, and it's always good, even though we couldn't be together in person, at least it's good to see one another and hear from one another. Uh, bishop Brennan, uh, the uh, the bishops voted last Thursday on drafting a formal statement on the meaning of the Eucharist and the life of the Church. So it's interesting to see that the Church is truly in alignment. You have been talking about the importance to each one of us each week on St. Gabriel Radio about uh, the Eucharist, the centrality of our life, that it's... Um, and then... That the bishops, uh, the other bishops, are with you on that. Indeed, indeed. You know, it's unfortunate, but right now this this is all being cast in political terms. And I'll, I'll be rather blunt. You you see the stories in the paper that this is a rebuke of the president, and uh, there are many 
drawing us into political arguments on both sides. Now, quite honestly, um, part of our teaching on the real presence of Christ means that we approach him with contrition for our sins, recognition of our sins, that that we are truly in union with what the Church teaches. So there are there are points to that, but the point of this letter is, what is the significance of the Eucharist? So uh, right, right now, it's structured in such a way we're looking at it to say, the Eucharist is a mystery to be believed, so that's where we talk about the real presence of Christ, where we talk about the meaning of the Eucharist, the importance of the Eucharist in our lives. Secondly, that the Eucharist is a mystery to be celebrated, and so we'll focus in on what it means to go to Mass, what happens when we're at Mass, um, how we approach and celebrate the Mass with dignity, with reverence, with love. And then thirdly, mystery that the Eucharist is a, a mystery to be lived. And we talk about how the encounter with Christ then in the Eucharist transforms us. And, and and sends us on missionary discipleship. And so there'll be a section on what's been called Eucharistic consistency there. But that's somewhat broad. Uh, but this whole thing is being cast uh, by political sides, both political sides, as either a rebuke of... Well, actually, I should say as a rebuke of president or particular political parties, when in fact... It's a call to all of us, um, including the politicians, to take seriously our call as Christians. So, you know, it's it, it, it get it, if you read the actual. Well, we we don't have the document drafted yet. I mean, we basically <laughs> voted on an outline and gave the go ahead to the doctrine committee to draft something for us to look at. But if you had seen any of the discussion you would see there's a much, much deeper meaning than it is about a- a- any political movement. And not, and not that some of these questions aren't important, but it's, it, this is not about rebuke. This is about going deeply into the mystery of Jesus and the Eucharist. And, you know, part of that priority is the letter was only part of our discussion. We also are talking about a Eucharistic revival. Mm. And that's a multi-year program, <clears throat> for want of a better word, of celebrating the centrality of the Eucharist in our lives. So we'll have three movements over the next three years, a diocesan movement, um, a, na- a, pa- a parish movement, and then a uh, national movement. So it'll culminate with a national event, something similar to a Eucharistic Congress, which can be very, very exciting. But we'll start on the diocesan level, and again, focusing on the meaning of the Eucharist in our lives and the encounter with Jesus Christ. Now, isn't it nice that we're already on that path? <laughs> it's amazing. Real presence, real future. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with a real presence, real future, the, the centrality of the Eucharist, but also we, you know, we kicked off Lent with 40 days of adoration to, to kind of recenter ourselves on that um, that truth that Jesus That's Christ right. is with us. That's exactly right. And and so as we do any kind of planning, 
or any kind of reflection on what it means to be the church in central Ohio and how we encounter, we began with prayer, mm-hmm. rooted in Jesus Christ, in his sacred body and blood given to us in the, in the Holy Eucharist. And then we'll have in August a gathering of sorts, um, so that a, a Eucharistic gathering, so over two days, um, prayer, uh, a Eucharistic procession, and then, uh, a, a, again, reflection on Saturday with representatives from parishes and Holy Mass. So we're looking forward to that as uh, as the next step in both our planning process, but also in terms of our real presence for the future, our living out the mystery of the Eucharist. Unless you really pack uh, St. Uh, Charles on on August 28th for that Eucharistic gathering. It's in the morning on that August 28th. You can register at uh, columbuscatholic.org. And another important part of the uh, USCCB meeting last week is the pastoral framework for marriage and family. So bringing that Eucharist to home. That's right. Bringing the Eucharist home, living it at home. You know, when going back to that letter, the the Eucharist transforms us to be missionary disciples. Where do we begin? Right at home. <laughs> right at home. And so the, we, we celebrate the beauty of marriage, the transformative power, uh, it's, I'm sorry, the transformative power of, uh, 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 of the witness of marriage. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that, uh, that you discussed as bishops is that the family is the domestic church. What does it mean to be the domestic church? Well, that, that's a concept that goes back. It was really elaborated on during the Second Vatican Council. It also remembers that it, when in a family, the parents are the, uh, the primary educators of their children in the ways of faith. And that what is expressed in the church is expressed first at the family. And there are a couple of foundational concepts. So first of all, I remember Pope Francis saying this when he was in Philadelphia. When God chose to enter the world, he didn't do so coming in on the clouds or stepping out of a palace. When God chose to enter the world, he came through a family. Came into a family and was born a child, grew up, and entered fully into our human experience. So that that makes family holy. Mm. And God chose to enter the world through the family. And so that's one foundational piece. But then there's a practical piece. For most of us. Now, I know people have conversion experiences, and those can be very, very powerful and inspirational. But for most of us, where do we have our first encounter with faith? But Mm -hmm. at the feet of our parents. Yep. We learn to pray. I remember as a child, we, we used to have the litany, you know, God bless, and you go through... <laughs> Mom and Dad and all, everybody's <laughs> name. Some, sometimes the family dog would make it. 
right? <laughs> but we would do an Our Father, a Hail Mary, and then all the God blesses, God bless, and go right down the list. Mm. We learned to pray. Um, we Evangelization, I've been talking a lot about these days, about the Christmas nativity scene. Mm-hmm. Does You know, it seems like just something we do. <clears throat> but we, it, it's, it, it's the gospel. We, we, the gospel comes alive for us in, in the, that visual way. The crucifix hanging in the family. It proclaims love of Jesus. And one of the things we talk about is the sacred heart, the enthronement of the sacred heart. But in every family, <clears throat> our first encounter is with, with, with Christ is in, um, in, in the family. And, you know, I, I'll add to that. Our first encounter with Scripture, you know, I've spoken about the, my choice of the motto, Thy will be done, from the mm-hmm. Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. And I say, that was really my first encounter with sacred Scripture, with the Bible, before I ever opened up a Bible. Probably one of the first verses uh, of the Bible that I learned was the Lord's Prayer. Isn't that true for all of us? This Sunday, uh, the Jubilee of Anniversaries, uh, and that'll be held at St. Joan of Arc Church with you. And I am so looking forward to that. Uh, <clears throat> that's always a lot of fun to be with people, and it's a whole range, people celebrating significant anniversaries. Um, but you, you, you know, so you have some of the milestones, like 25 and 50, but I'm finding certificates, and I'm seeing 60, 67. My own parents will be married 60 years this summer. Uh, <laughs> and you say, wow, wow, isn't that something? That is. To see people, the, the witness of people who live faithfully and generously the call to marriage. Mm. As part of the real presence, real future, um, you are hoping to have everything aligned on the mission of making disciples and uh, allowing those disciples to make other disciples, and you've made some big moves last week. Indeed. Um, last week, we, actually, one thing, we're starting to publish the results of the Disciple Maker Index, and again, I thank everyone for their participation in it. And and by the way, you'll see that belief in the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist um, <clears throat> by the Mass going Catholics, here in central Ohio, is much higher than the national average. Oh, good. Which, which makes me happy. Um, again, part of it is really in the asking of the question, but there is a, a, a strong sense of the belief in the real presence of Christ. It's just, again, a matter of our being able to understand and express it. Uh, so the Disciple Maker Index is, is the general results are out, and then... Um, We'll be having the parish workbooks where we'll look in depth at the parish experience. But if we're going to look at the parishes and we're going to do some planning in terms of how the church meets the needs, I'm sorry, how we meet the needs of the church in the 21st century, we need to begin right in the diocesan offices and how we're structured so that we can be of support to the parishes in meeting those needs. So, yes, we've, uh, we're taking a good look at that. I'm very, very happy that Matt Schlater has joined us in the role of um, Chief Operating Officer, and he, with Father Hachi, who is now taking on the role of Moderator of the Courier, is going to assist in 
looking at all of the ways that we're structured, all the ways that we're formed, that we're organized, so that we can be nimble and responsive to the needs of the church today, to the needs of the parishes, to be supportive of our families, to be supportive of our work in terms of catechetical ministry, in terms of evangelization, um, in terms of living out the, the mystery of the Eucharist. So uh, it's an exciting time. It's um, a, a chance for us to look again deeply at ourselves, at the needs, and how we can best respond. So we do that ourselves right here in the diocesan offices so that then we we can be of assistance as parishes take on that same process. And, yeah, we're going to have to make some tough decisions over the next few months and years, and, and, and it's all together, right? I mean that for the whole church here in central Ohio. We want to be focused on mission and not just on material things. We want to really focus on proclaiming the joy of the gospel and the splendor of truth, mm. and to do so in a way that's in- entirely based on the encounter with Jesus Christ. I love the words nimble and responsive. Yes. <laughs> Those are awesome words. It's uh, it's it's uh, part of your your gift and your charism, I think, that you've always been from the beginning that you've been here, and I know that even before we've had a chance to get to know you as our Bishop of the Diocese of Columbus, that you've always been nimble and responsive and mission-oriented. Um, it's contagious, isn't it? I hope so. I think so. Yeah, I, I, I don't see it as something that I necessarily bring by myself, but actually, yeah, I, I guess I'm a carrier. <laughs> Could we all be super spreaders? <laughs> In the best super way. Super of the joy of the gospel and the splendor of truth. <laughs> well, let's do that today. And Bishop Brendan, could you close us with a prayer and a blessing? Sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Blessed are you, Lord our God, for you have given us life and renewed us with life eternal. We thank you for sending us your Son so that you might live among us and filling us with the Spirit so that we may know his presence in our daily lives. We ask you to bless the Church in central Ohio in the Diocese of Columbus. Bring to us the joy of knowing you, of loving you, and of sharing your good news with others, the gift of friendship with your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And thank you for joining Bishop Robert J. Brennan, Bishop for the Diocese of Columbus, for his faith dialogue this week of the 12th week of Ordinary Time. And now we rejoin our regularly scheduled programming already in progress.